You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Jesus wants to bring you to the cross today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Amen. Our beautiful uh, team leaders, Matt and Elodie Doty, somewhere around the world, rang me up this morning. Must have been six o'clock in the morning, wherever he is. And he said, tell them that we love them. So love from Matt and Elodie, who forgives all of our sins and heals your disease who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires. He satisfies. Not the world. Not funky sex. Not whatever you're into. Jesus satisfies your desires. With good things. He's not a grumpy God. Not angry. He's not mad at you. He's a good God. So that your youth, thank you, Jesus, I love this bit, is renewed like the eagles. My next tattoo will be a big eagle. Went out to the rugby the other night. The wrong team won. One of the guys coming out with us, he's a tattoo artist, he's going to put an eagle in here. I just like eagles. So that your youth will be renewed. God wants to renew your youth. And it doesn't mean that we go backwards. It means when the joy of the Lord is inside of me, there's a strength in my spirit. I've just turned 59. Sometimes I feel old, but most days in his presence, I feel the joy of the Lord. There's something about Jesus that brings joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. An amazing reminder of the benefits and the goodness of the Lord Jesus. That he heals us. He saves us, he delivers us, he breaks oppression and depression, and he wants us to bring us into a place where every day we live full of Jesus. Life is difficult. Good morning. So today I want to preach on healing, and then we're going to release and see what the king wants to do. And uh, there is not a topic that I love the most, and there's not a topic that gives me the greatest workout, spiritually. I've had the privilege of seeing hundreds of people healed by Jesus. Incredible miracles. I've had the privilege of praying over three or four corpses. They didn't come back to life, but we gave it a go. Amen? Practice makes perfect. But I've also conducted dozens and dozens and dozens of funerals of people that I've loved and prayed for and died. And so when we preach about healing, we are... So hungry for more of the healing presence of God. But we live in that tension that not everybody gets healed sometimes. Amen? And yet we've seen God just operate. I remember once during the Toronto Blessing that we had a girl called Keisha came all the way from South Australia to the Royal Children's Hospital. And somehow her brain got smashed somehow police everywhere, and she was coning. For no people who know what that means, it means that the blood is leaving the brain. She's dying. Every machine under the sun. And so Greg Beach and I went, and all the elders went, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we believed that God was going to heal her. And we prayed, and the doctors kind of laughed and scorned at us. And we prayed, and they said, there is no hope. But we said, we know the one who brings hope. 
and we pray. We stayed. We were with the mum and other family members, non-saved people. We just, they didn't know who to ask, so they came at the church next door. That was us. And we just happened to be in kind of a revival mode. And so we surrounded this little girl, Keisha, and, and machinery everywhere, surgeons everywhere, police, Department of Community Services, saying, you're wasting your time, but Jesus. And Greg said, we're not going to give up. And so I still remember spending all night with Greg Beach, praying, praying, praying. And uh, I just wanted to go home. I was tired. I said, she's not coming back. Two weeks later, on a Sunday morning service, just like this, we're worshiping the Lord. And Keisha and her mum walked through the front door. Walked through the front door. Don't tell me that God is not the same today and wants to heal us today. But we live in that tension. It's called the mystery of God. After all, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Life and death are in the palm of his hand. But I made a commitment And I make a commitment at every funeral I go to, especially young people, especially suicides. And I've done far too many funerals for young people who've taken their life. But I will fight till the very end for healing. And I believe we will see resurrection power in our day. We will see the dead being brought into a building like this just through those doors. And we will see them come to life. Because my God is not a liar. Jesus is who he says he is. I am who he says I am. So today I want to bring you through four gardens. I was inspired by Elodie's preach a couple of weeks ago, an incredible sermon. So I'm going to preach on healing by going through four different gardens. And I hope it makes sense. The first garden is the Garden of Eden. That God created you and I perfect. In the perfect garden, we were made to have communion and relationship with a perfect God whose name was Yahweh. Bless you. There was no disease, no sickness, no COVID, no uh, frustration in marriages and relationships, no war, no pestilence, pestilence, no issues of self-esteem and self-identity. There was none of that. The first person, Adam, And then Eve walked in perfect union with God. Imagine that, naked. Can we say that word in church? Naked. You know what naked means? Without shame. Not without clothes. Now it means without clothes. But naked means in intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy with God, the creator. And they walked in the garden, the perfect garden. Imagine that, no sickness. Nobody dying. Nobody was perfect. The first garden is how God designed the blueprint for us to live. And then Adam stuffed it up for all of us. He sinned. In chapter 3 of the Genesis, we read of the fall, the great rebellion. Did God really say this? Did God really say this? And we read this. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Pride and prejudice started in the Genesis. When we make ourselves equal to God, I want to say no matter what happens with healing, He is God Almighty. There are mysteries 
in that. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat it and live forever. Next one, please. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden from the place of healing, from the place of wholeness, for the place of being one with God. God banished him out because of rebellion. It was never God's intent for us to be sick. It's not in his blueprint. And his blueprint is for us to be whole, to be physically and emotionally and mentally whole. I want to say there's an epidemic of mental health in the church. God can heal as he pleases. Do you know that? He can use supernaturally as we're believing today, or he can use a doctor. A couple of weeks ago, God used a great chiropractor, Carla Morley. I had a vicious migraine. My neck was out. He cracked it and it has been well ever since. Thank you, Carla. Just to say, God can use medication. Amen? God is sovereign. I have a great doctor. Her name is Dr. Karen. She's English and I love her. She prays in tongues. She's spirit-filled. And I needed some advice. I went to her for some medical advice. And she almost cried. She said, you're coming to me for an advice. But you know what? God can use anybody, but God can sovereignly bring healing today. Supernaturally, God wants to raise our faith from a little mustard to a plant to release his fragrance of healing. And we're seeing it more and more. But rebellion changed the plan of God. Instead of agape love, hatred and fear came into the world. Pride and prejudice came in, producing broken identity. We have so, so many young people and older people saying, I don't know who I am. But as Christians, I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God. I relate as a son of the living God. I'm a male made to the image of the living God. That's who I identify as. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. I am an ambassador of the living God. That's my identity. What I do matters little, but I know who I am because I was purchased with the blood of Jesus. I'm healed through the name of Jesus. I'm set free through the name of Jesus because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Instead of purity, sickness and brokenness came into the world. Instead of a perfect health, sickness and disease Instead of peace, war in the family, war in relationships, war amongst nations. Where do you think all this war and pestilence comes from? It comes from evil. It was never in the blueprint of God, never. It's not in the heart of God. And I want to say to you, God's heart has never changed from the Genesis. And when he made the world from nothing, ex nihilo, he made it and then he made you and I. And he says, and this is good. Because God's a God of relationships. Your pain is his pain. Your victory is his victory. And he wants the best for you. We don't always see it. I've suffered all of my life with sinus migraines. And I've had the very best pray for me and everything. But I'm still content for my healing completely. Amen? Does it alter my view of who God is? Not one millisecond. He is my healer. He is my healer. 
And I will contend, people in my family, I will contend for you as an eldership. We contend because we truly believe that God is who he says he is. And it's not this kind of revival, we get excited, Pentecostal thing that we're doing. No, it's in the word of God. Forget not all his benefits. All of it. See, but God wasn't going to get deterred by rebellion and by sin. He didn't say, okay, I'm not going to heal anymore. In Isaiah 53, we read, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. This is a prophetic declaration from God the Father to say, even though the fall changed the blueprint, let me show you what I'm about to do in the second garden. In the second garden. Let me show you what was broken in the first garden. I'm going to reconcile in the second garden or the garden of Gethsemane. The garden of Gethsemane. Everything in the Old Testament pointed to a king. Everything. Do you know that? It always points to a king. It always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, which, which Mark preached so beautifully about, he says, I always point back to Jesus. That's why we need more of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit releases in all of us what was demonstrated in one person. In John 16, says, I need to go, Mark quoted, so another can come. What was demonstrated in one person, now through the Spirit, is demonstrated through all of us. That's why he had to go. He says, I'm going to take of me and I'm going to come in a different form. Still Jesus. Still Jesus. Still Jesus, but in spirit form. And now I'm going to come and I'm going to distribute the miraculous of the kingdom of God. Don't worry about that. I hope not. Praise Jesus. Now I preach that. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the life and death and resurrection, he heralds God's blueprint. Heaven comes back to earth one more time. In Luke chapter 4, we read the Magna Carta of Jesus, the calling card. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. This is Jesus saying this. And he's saying it to you and I today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you and I. Not something we come to church and we dabble with the Holy Spirit. We are full of the Holy Spirit. We are conduits of the Holy Spirit. That's why we treat the Holy Spirit with the uttermost awe. Because we are dealing with the holiness of God who lives inside of us. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. Amen? To the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty, healing to the captives, recovering sight to the blind. And so what was lost in the first garden, now it's coming back in the second garden. See, because God's not going to go, oh my goodness, I sinned. Okay, I'm done. I'm redundant. Jesus is always redemptive. He is our kingsman redeemer. And today God wants to redeem things that were lost and stolen and broken out of your life. And in this place today, Jesus is going to restore them because it's in his character and in his nature. Because he loves you. He's not going to let you go. You can let him go. Your sin and your rebellion, your pride and prejudice, you bowing to demonic powers, that's what rejects him. Yeah. 
Everybody goes quiet. And he comes. Matthew 4, 23. And Jesus went about in all of Galilee in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. There is one gospel. You and I are women and men of the gospel. We breathe the gospel. We live the gospel. We are the gospel. We are conduits of good news. When bad news comes your way, you say, stop. I am a person of good news. In face of death, Jesus is good news. I've preached this so many times at funerals, that Jesus is the resurrection and life. But I'd rather preach it when people are still alive. I'd rather preach it when we don't get in trouble. I'd rather preach it now when every tormenting spirit over mental health comes and causes havoc. And mental health is real. It's real. Don't let anybody say, oh, you just, you know, ask God for forgiveness. It's, it, yes, we need to ask God for forgiveness. But mental health is real. But God is a real healer in mental health. There's not a depression. There's not an anxiety. And this is personal. That he can't heal. This morning, in this place, our pursuit of revival is not a pursuit of things of God. It's a pursuit of God. And healing is God. Deliverance is God. Joy is Jesus. The alabaster joy of the Lord is now released right now in this place. Every mindset being set free. One encounter. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And so Jesus came and demonstrated while he was alive. Don't you love that? He healed the sick. He delivered demons. Demons tremble in his presence. I love that. I speak the name of Jesus. And when we do that, the demonic power has got nothing. And so I just want to say this morning to the spirit of witchcraft, you get out in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. Spirit of clairvoyancy, just get out in Jesus' name. Before you're named publicly, just get out in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Curse, get out in the name of Jesus. Right now. I was going to pray for this at the end, but... Cannot wait, eh? There's a smell in this place today. Somebody came in and says, I don't know what it is, but there is such a, a, a tangible sense of the presence of Jesus. So every witchcraft, spirit of witchcraft, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. And you're set free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you're free. You're free. You're free in the name of Jesus. At the second garden, he paid the price. And so then Jesus went to Calvary. And at Calvary, they crucified. Remember, Isaiah 53 is now fulfilled in Jesus. And he takes your iniquities on the cross. And he breaks the power in the power of the resurrection. In, and in, in 1 Corinthians um, 15, 57, he says this, death, where is your sting, has been swallowed up in victory. Yeah. Jesus paid the price 
for you to be healed today. You might not always feel like it. In fact, I want to say this this morning. My name is Paul Zanata. And I identify as a son of the living God who happens to have sinus headaches. But what the enemy wants you to believe is this. And this is a crucial moment for some of you in this place today. My name is depression. My name is anxiety. My name is suicide. My name is cancer. My name is broken relationships. My name is divorcee. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is an affront on the blood of Jesus. You are, whatever your name is, who happens to have an ailment. That Jesus is in the process of sanctification. And if he never, this is going to rattle all the Pentecostal faith people. If he never healed you in this life, he is still God Almighty. If he never healed you, is he still the Lord of your life? And if you can't say yes, then you need to bow today before the Lord. Say, Lord, I give you my crown. At the second garden, the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus conquered what was lost in the first garden. And then we have the third garden, the garden of walking in step with the Holy Spirit. I so love that preach from last week, Mark. I so love that we reverence the very person of the Holy Spirit and we want to walk in step with the Spirit. The third garden is about walking in step with the Spirit, hand in hand. That when I'm going through good times, He is the Lord. When I'm going through bad times, He's still the Lord. If He heals me, He is the Lord. If I'm in the process of getting healed, He is still the Lord because I walk in the step of the Spirit because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. See, we are so conditioned that everything has to happen in a split second. My marriage needs to be healed now. This has to be healed now. No, God is in the process of sanctification and healing. He can heal instantly. And I've seen it. Seen God, I remember at North Shore Hospital in Sydney, this guy rocks up with this green tumour. And my friend Mark Dunn from Ellis Springs, we're there. Green tumour. They had to surgically remove it, but they were afraid to cut one of his facial nerves. So Mark Dunn on a night duty. And they warned us, you, 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 you guys, don't pray for all the patients. We would pray every night. And we just said, in Jesus' name, cancer come off. The whole lump fell on his cushion. The whole lot. It gets better. Not a scar. No, no, no scar. Nothing. Praying for couples who could not conceive. Nine months to the moment I prayed. Had twins. Nine, month, nine months later. Double blessing. Couple of minutes to cut the umbilical cord. See, God is looking for a willing vessel that will not bow to the mindset of this world, but say, as for me and my house, I'm going to walk in step with the Spirit. I don't understand anything, and you're not meant to understand. Don't try to understand all of God. He is God. He is almighty and holy. Don't explain him away. 
Live comfortably in the mystery of God. Live comfortably. Sometimes people ask me, I said, I, I don't know. Why? why? Wouldn't it be great to live our lives without that word? Why? Wouldn't it be just good? I'm not there. Because I ask why all the time. And I get mad when I don't have my answers. In the second garden, Jesus redeems us. And then invites you and I to become gardeners. And now, he is the gardener. And he says, will you become a gardener with me? Will you bring my healing anointing with you wherever you go? Because it says, greater things you will do in my name. So he's the gardener. Now you become the gardener. You pray for cancer and you chop off the cancer in Jesus' name. It's still him. It's his authority in us and through us. And so how dare you deny the authority of God? How dare you be rebellious? How dare you stop being a gardener? And walking in people's lives and loving them. And understanding whatever it is. Don't give them some trite scripture and dismiss them. Go and love them. Feel their pain. Every time Jesus healed, you watch what happens. And Jesus was moved by compassion. He loved. He wept. John the Baptist got decapitated. He cries. We go, oh, yeah, healing and healing. No, no, stop. And look at the person. Mark, would you stand? Look at them. Just look at them. Look at them. Engage with them. Love them. They are people. They are people who've got pain and and joy. But when you pray for healing, engage with the person because they are fearful and wonderfully made. And then, and then, so... John 14, 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Ephesians 1, 19, I pray that you will know how great his power is for those who have put their trust in him. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That he loves us and he trusts you so much that he would use somebody as silly as me to bring healing to other people. Jesus demonstrates. The Holy Spirit then releases. And now he's looking for our obedience. To live and trust him. The key to Christian faith, you know what it is? To trust and obey him. Trust and obey. Even faith can trip you up sometimes. Because you just rely on faith. And how much faith do you need? But obedience... Obedience says that even when I don't see, I trust him. Even when I don't, I remember praying at Manly Hospital for my friend Peter. His wife rings me up. Monica and I were there and we're praying for, God, for Jesus to raise him from the dead. He'd just been married for six months. And he had a JVP in and the doctor's looking at you. Imagine he's been surrounded by police and doctors. They're just looking at you. You're the dumbest thing we've ever seen. This is your friend. This is one of my mates. He probably gave me most of my gray hair in ministry because he was a bit of a naughty boy. But I couldn't help praying and praying and shaking him and speaking resurrection life and praying and praying, didn't we, my darling? We prayed and prayed. I think we prayed for three hours at Manly Hospital. Jesus still then at the end said, I'm taking him home. And I was good with that. But you know what? 
God's looking for our obedience. I was scared like hell. I don't know what hell's like, and I will never go there, so I don't know what it means to do that. But I was terrified, and I was embarrassed. And some of the doctors there knew me, but I said, you know, I'd rather be embarrassed in the eyes of man than in the eyes of my Savior who died for me. So sometimes when we pray for people, it is embarrassing and, and it's difficult. But in the third garden, he invites you to become a garden. And then we have the fourth garden. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I hope that's not a reference to no fishing in heaven. <laughs> heaven is a beautiful place for me to go fly fishing. I hope it is, Lord. And even if you just put a pond into the house for Monica and I, full of trout, please, Jesus. Heaven without fishing, oh, what a nightmare. It's like people who don't like worship here when we come to church. Don't go to heaven. We're just going to be worshiping the Lord all the time. <laughs> and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear. From their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, no crying, no pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. No more sickness in heaven. No more disease. No more broken marriages. No more going bust financially. You fill the blanks. No depression, anxiety, suicide, OCD. Nothing. And so we are now in that process between the third and the fourth garden. And you can't say, you can give up on life and say, well, I'll just wait for the fourth garden. Or you today can make a decision in your heart. As for me and myself, I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to be a gardener now until the gardener returns. And even if I don't see my healing, I'm going to contend for it every day because my identity is not in my sickness. My identity is I am a child of the living God. I'm a son of the living God. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I will live every day trusting the Lord for my healing. Because he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. Every day I will contend. Monica and I are contending for some stuff now. There's not a day we don't pray. We craft our own prayers. Can I encourage you? If you're praying for somebody, craft your own prayer. Put the person's name, your name, and craft a prayer in the Holy Spirit. He will give it to you. Every day we pray those prayers. And we are seeing miracles in God. Amen. In the first garden, the blood of Jesus was present. And then sin broke that. In the second garden, the king came back and he redeemed what was taken by the disobedience of one. In the third garden, the Holy Spirit says, now come and walk with me. And in the fourth garden, we shall be together. There'll be no sickness, no disease. The lion and the lamb will be once again united with no fear. Our job is to bring heaven to earth today. To bind the spirit of fear. Because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you and I. 
Are you sick today? Are you unwell? Emotionally, spiritually, physically? Are you in addiction of sin? You need to repent. You've never given your life to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Because here we speak Jesus. Shout it from the mountains. We shout it from the valleys. That Jesus says in John 19.10, Luke 19.10, I apologize. I've come to seek and save those who were lost. See, the same spirit that says in Hebrews, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We don't have a problem with yesterday's Jesus, the historical Jesus. We don't have a problem with tomorrow's Jesus, the returning king. But when we don't see him operate today, we have a problem with today's Jesus. And today's Jesus is here. And he loves you. And he wants to heal you and touch you and anoint you. So if you're sick today, we can't just preach about it, can, can we? So this is what I want to do today. We're going to let Jesus lay hands on you. I don't want one person, not one person, lay hands on a sick person today. Not one, not one. We love laying hands. We lay hands often. But I want to make sure that when you're healed today, it's unmistakably clear who touched you. When Jesus walked and the woman touched the hem of his garment, he said, who touched me? Surrounded, touched by people, Jesus knew who reached out and grabbed some virtue. I want you to experience what that woman experienced today, the virtue healing of Jehovah Rapha. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.